Okay, welcome to another episode of the Rugby League Outsiders. Got two great guests this week in Sean Sugarth and Stuart Hood. One, the kind of outgoing for, uh, chairman of uh, Birmingham Bulldogs, and then Stuart Hood, who is the the new new this year, is it? New Stuart, this year, yeah. Yeah, new this year. Chairman of uh, the Birmingham Bulldogs. Uh, we're going to discuss their journey through Rugby League to this settee right now. Um, and we'll also tackle six breaking news stories from around the, around the region and a couple from the wider game, including Graham Berry, who is, is absolutely knocked off his uh, milestone with his, his fundraising for MND, which is great, a local lad who's doing good stuff. And then also Franchise Rugby League. Uh, is on the horizon so we'll uh, no doubt talk about that and with all those new stories if you've got a point to throw in you know something to discuss throw it in and let's have a bit of a discussion about it um, okay so before we kind of get into our set of six just a quick you know maybe two minutes from yourselves uh, a little bit of an introduction your journey through rugby league to this point now should we start with you Sean yeah we'll start um Two minutes is a long time. <laughs> I keep telling my missus that. But, uh, yeah, so I started off uh, under sevens, um, born and bred, raised in Wigan. So it's sort of uh, a religion. You, yeah. you, you know, you go to school there and you play football, you, you're bullied if you play rugby, then you're a real man. Um, <laughs> so I started off, yeah, under sevens um, and, and played rugby league all my life up until now. I, um, once I started playing at at Birmingham Bulldogs, um, we we had an outgoing chairman at the time, Mark Abel, due to work commitments, and um, I sort of got thrown in at the deep end. I wasn't really given a choice, um, and it was just something that I inherited and, and ran with, um, and done it for about five years now. And before now, obviously, finally handing over to Stuart. So excited about the future. Uh, and the prospects for the club, we've had a, a, a successful five years, I think, since since I've been there. Um, won, won a few trophies and met a lot of really good people, good volunteers, good friends. Um, and I think I think that's key. I think that, that that's that's the reason why I've, I've become addicted to rugby from a young age. It's it's about it's about that brotherhood and that bond that you you know I've still got friends that that I played rugby with from seven years old up north um, to friends that you know memories from winning trophies and tournaments with them back in the day to to, to new friends that I've yeah. met recently through the game. So yeah, amazing. Sean, what brought you to the Midlands? Uh, the, the same as most people when they move it's, it was a woman uh, <laughs> so I, I met in my early 20s I met what is now my wife um, and I, I relocated through work but she she is initially from Bromsgrove so it was an easy yeah. easy relocation so yeah I came down here and, and, and got stuck amazing well I'm, I'm, same here <laughs> <laughs> same yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to chatting to you later in the show so thank you very much uh, Stuart over to you well, obviously, I wasn't born in a rugby league area like you, you three guys. Um, when I went to senior school, uh, our head of PE came from Hull, and he played for KR. So we didn't play union at school. We played rugby league. So that's where I got the bug from. Uh, my father played union, but every Saturday afternoon, in front of grandstand, as a family, we watched rugby league. Yeah. Uh, Big heroes of mine at the time were Keith Fieldhouse, especially as he was born in Birmingham, played union at Birmingham mostly, uh, then switched codes to Salford, became a hero there, played GB and England. Uh, he's down at Cornwall now, originally spoken to him. So that's where I got the bug from. Uh, went out of the game because we couldn't play rugby league, 
played some semi-professional football. Before I went into business, uh, I mean, my son wanted to play rugby. Rugby league? <laughs> no choice. <laughs> uh, so I, I jumped in, took on my coaching courses, became an England Talent Pathway coach and coach educator for that. Uh, and it's progressed from there. Uh, and obviously, Sean contacted me about coming into the Birmingham Bulldogs, which, you know, was a privileged big club. Always been one of the top clubs in the Midlands, so... That's where I'm, why I'm sitting here now. Nice one. Again, you know, looking forward to chatting to you later. Okay, so let's dive into our set of six, Carl. Um, so it's six new stories from around the region and a couple from the wider game. What we got? Yeah, so a couple of good ones this week. So Tackle One then, brand new community team uh, has been announced, South Wales Saints. So if you're interested in playing rugby league in the South of Wales, you've got brand new team there. At S Wales Saints on Twitter uh, and they're also looking for sponsorship at the minute so if anybody local businesses in that area they want to jump in and sponsor them they're, they're out there looking for it uh, Tackle 2 then Telford Raiders Media Day took place this Sunday me and you Craig both there um, it went down a real success didn't it yeah it did it, it was a you know really good the, the players the comments afterwards were like you know this feels like a, a great setup, like a almost like a pro setup, and that's what Raiders are trying to do this year is just kind of make their players feel like they're part of something great you know so it went down really well and I know without giving away like figures and all that kind of stuff in the past they've struggled to get subs in as clubs always do and this year they've more or less got all the subs in just through one day of of that so really, yeah really and, good and there are, there's a lot of new players that have joined the club this year and have, you know played rugby union before and it's all it sort of embedded them in the club I thought um and then financially on the back of that is they brought on a lot of few new sponsors. They started um, advertising the you know the team photograph went out online. Um, stuff started getting shared before you knew it. It was snowballing, and a couple of new sponsors from the local area have come on board. Uh, you guys, I think you're doing something similar, aren't you? Yeah, as is Thursday. Yeah, it's uh, Ivory and Sedgebaston in Birmingham. Uh, so the whole club yeah. will meet there sponsors everybody else yeah so yeah we're doing exactly the same yeah amazing i think it's a really good idea and like you said it brings everybody together you get you get the old and new meeting they get you know and and you get integrated and and i saw the telford stuff that they put out mm -hmm. and it's it's good to see it's good i've seen stuff from telford a lot of noise from leamington as well and it's it's nice to see that good social media presence and and it's good to see other clubs in the midlands having good numbers as well yeah yeah. yeah. You know, it makes for what could hopefully be a, a really competitive season oh yeah we're looking looking yeah, forward I mean, Marcus to Marcus and Fred they're really pushing ahead yeah and you can see that from their social media presence etc like Fred's put on the the media day etc and that's what we need you've got to make rugby league exciting yeah yeah mm. absolutely we, we, yeah. We've, right. we've spoke briefly about possibly doing a joint Midlands media day uh, next season I think that might be something that could be quite interesting you know get them all down at uh, the Alexander Stadium or something and get each captain photographed with a trophy you know just like they're doing Super, Super League, League and Championship yeah. I think that'd be something we've got to look at next year maybe we'll head up that up what yeah, do you reckon maybe, maybe. <laughs> anything that can rise the profile yeah is a good it's thing. Good, yeah, yeah. a good thing yeah yeah uh, right, tackle three then. Graham Berry, who was uh, a guest on our second show, um, who's been fundraising for MND, he's doing his uh, 
He's Wigan to Leeds Ultra Marathon. Am I correct in saying that, Craig? Yeah, well, Trans Pennine Mar- Ultra Marathon, he's calling it, yeah. Yeah, so he, he set himself a target of £7,777. That's because Rob Burrow wore the number seven jersey. Mm. And he's already smashed his, uh, his fundraising <coughs> target. So that's brilliant for Graham and, and brilliant for MND. From, from our point of view, we're really pleased with that because one of our charity partners as a club is the MD. MDA, uh, and we're carrying those on the front of our shirt this season. So we're over them. You've got you, you've got involved with quite a few charities this year, yeah. aren't you? We'll, we'll touch on yeah. that in a bit, if that's all right, guys. No, great. Tackle for uh, franchise rugby league has been announced on Twitter. Um, I, I, I know very little about this, to be honest with you, um, but I've just keep seeing it flashing up and down. Um, there's a team called Valencia Hurricanes or Hurricanes because they're Spanish. Um, they're going to be competing in it. Um, they're playing Bath Gladiators, I've seen. Um, if you look on their sort of social media, it sort of says that they're trying to create a, a, a European division that are potentially going to be um, a step up into League One, or that's what they're hoping. Um, I don't know how much involvement the RFL's got in it, or if this is something completely separate, or I've no idea, but it'd be it's the, the website launches it next week or so, so it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that and see where that goes. Have you seen anything about this, guys? We've seen, well, obviously we've seen the same as yeah. you, you have. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if anything, can, let's just go back again, promote rugby league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and everybody's behind it, whether it fails or succeeds. As long as it raises the profile. Well, I think for teams in Europe, it's probably a good thing, isn't it? Because I imagine there's not many teams in Spain. So, you know, if they, if they can create some sort of <coughs> European amateur semi-pro division or however it might be, mm. it'd be interesting, I think. There are a number of teams in Spain now. Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, tackle five then. Wheelchair Rugby League took place in Birmingham last weekend. Um, the results were as follows. Leeds, uh, Jim Simpson's Leeds Rhinos beat Tom Coyd's London Roosters 64 points to 32 in the opening game. Uh, Hull beat Warrington 76 points to 10 and Halifax came out on top against Wigan 62 points to 28. There was a good crowd in there as well. It um, it was live on the Sportsman and it, it looked really good. Unfortunately, we couldn't get there, but... Um, Definitely for the next one, we'll be there. And just a little bit of a plug, we, we did an interview with James Simpson and um, it, yeah, it really, really insightful. We, we really got into that wheelchair rugby league and the intricacies of it and it, it's just fascinating sport. So look out, that, that'll be dropping in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so next couple of weeks we'll be po- posting that out. Um, so the Midlands playoff final venue has been announced. Uh, so this year the Midlands final is going to be played at Leamington. Um, on Saturday the 19th of August with a 3pm kickoff, and it is going to be a double header this year so the Women's Southern Regional Cup Final is also going to take place on the same day uh, with a 1pm kickoff. so that's just brilliant news for having a double header in the Midlands um, guys you'll be hoping to be there won't you? Yeah, yep. it's, it's, part, it's part of the plan yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if not playing we'll be there watching but, uh, but yeah certainly well, obviously we're ambitious we want to we want to win that trophy back. So. And it's great to see the rise of the, the women's game as well and, and the fact that we're going to have a double header this year. It's, it's exciting stuff. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Def- yeah. definitely. Well, I mean, that, you, you, I watched some, 
over the weekend, like, was it Fatoif at the St. Helens playing at Fatoif, and it's it, it's brutal. It's and it's the stand the standard is really really good, and it's and it's intense. And with, with the wheelchair rugby as well, I mean that the the World Cup was great for that, and it's and it's a brutal sport, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won't fancy it. I'd much rather have a pair, <laughs> a pair of boots and run around on a boot, piece of grass. To be honest, can escape easier, can't? Yeah, yeah, but it's exactly. great to see its growth over say the last four years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's gone from one or two girls at a club to whole teams now, you know, from London yeah, yeah. across to <clears throat> Bristol and up. Uh, and let's hope that it does the same as what women's football does. Yeah, yeah. Because some yeah. of the key figures that have got women's football where it is originally were RL. Oh, is that right? So All right. maybe we can copy yeah. what they've done it's about yeah. inclusivity, inclusivity as well isn't it and, and I mean so the rugby union club that I'm involved with you, you have a women's team and, and your socials become better because you, yeah, yeah. you've got that banter and they, they, they come down and watch the men and vice versa and it, yeah it's, it, it more of a family feel about the club I tell, I tell you what I know having spoke to we spoke to Amy Hardcastle didn't we and then we was chatting to um Lizzie Ranstead who uh, head coach of Coventry Bears mm. women's and ladies team also, Colostomy UK yeah, yeah. team. Um, massive fans, like, you know, like, yeah. if I talk to my wife about rugby league, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? She'll just, <laughs> she'll just, you know, go through the motions. But they're, yeah. they're, they are massive mm. fans mm. of the game. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's brilliant. It's in good hands. So, yeah, that's the, uh, the set of six for this week then. And then the last thing we've got to introduce, go on, were you going to say something then? No, no, no. I'm, I'm poised. Right, okay, we've got our competition winner to announce, which was, um, so we, we run a competition for a signed Bradford Bull shirt and five hospitality tickets uh, for any game of their choosing. That, this was in conjunction with uh, Bradford Bulls when they played the Midlands Hurricanes. Uh, that's now ended on our website, Craig, and do you want to announce who the winner is? Yeah, and the winner is Daniel Horseman, who should have received an email already by now. So, uh, Daniel Horseman, well done. Um, you'll obviously... Get the shirt and the tickets and uh, there's a couple of guests over here if you're struggling to fill those five places, we'll come along. So, yeah, brilliant. Yep, that's it for the 36. Okay, right, gents, over to you. We're going to um, have a good chat about Birmingham Bulldogs. Like I said, you know, it'd be great to talk about, like, the idea of where the club came from, you know, the initial start of it all and then, you know, perhaps some highlights throughout the year. And then, obviously, you know, a bit of a view towards the future and this season. Well, Birmingham's the oldest club in the Midlands, isn't it, I believe? Or, or it, it one, is, yeah. one of the oldest clubs. Still so, existing, so. I think, is probably the... Oh, right, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I suppose if, if you know the sort of the old history of the club, if you want to start there and, and then... We'll, and old we'll, bits. So, yeah. so established in 1989, it was a, a bloke and his wife, uh, called John Simpkin, who we, we still keep in contact with uh, via Mark Abel, who, who, who was you know, the, the last chairman. So he updates him. I don't think he's very well, but he um, he regularly asks how we're getting on and we update him and, he, you know, and, and send him pictures, etc. Um, and then previously, na played in national national leagues, um, always been competitive. The last last five years, it's been the Midland, Midlands Leagues. And again, you know, trying to compete to, to win every year, which is which is something that we've always strived to do. Um, it's it's been difficult with COVID. We we almost had a full rebuild after COVID. Yeah, we, you know, we, like most clubs, yeah, like most clubs, yeah, exactly. And, and last se last season was a 
it was an eye opener because you had your clubs like we mentioned earlier. Telford have always been, you know, very competitive and started off very strong, but then struggled with numbers. We struggled with numbers. I mean, I retired years ago and I, had to, I played near enough every game last season. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it it was a real rebuild for us again, starting again with, afresh with new players. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's pretty much us. Yeah. As Sean says, founded in 1989, we won our first trophy in 1992, which was the Midlands and South West Masral, or whatever you, mm. you call it. Uh, we've, we, were, we, were in LC, we were in NCL3. Uh, we were the highest level Midland club at the time. Yeah. Uh, club struggled with regards to transport at the time and finances to keep doing that. Uh, so we've won trophies consistently over those 34 years, uh, but we've had gaps in between. And the idea now is that we close those gaps down, yeah, and start pushing it forward and get back to the kind of level that the club was originally. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but it's something that you have to target. I think if you don't target to do something, mm. you don't go anywhere. Uh, and that's what Sean... Uh, and the committee asked me to come in and do was to push that forwards. Yeah. So uh, ba- ba- basically, we want organic growth, and Stuart's right. So it's so so over the last five years, I've been doing it, or doing the chairman role, and it's sort of been it's been survival year on year, mm-hmm. and just existing and making sure we get a first team out and we've got a kit and, and you know and everybody's happy. Where it was. I had to look and be honest with myself. Say, Can I take it to the next level? We need, you know, for years we've been talking about setting up. Uh, development squads and mm. getting getting juniors involved um, but it's one thing talking about it and it's another thing delivering yeah. it yeah. Um, and historically Stuart has delivered on that uh, at previous clubs so that's why I, I mean my background I work in I work in a commercial role so I want to be able to focus on things like generating revenue through sponsorships um, and you know marketing that sort of stuff so I reached out to Stuart because of his experience and because I've seen what, what I'd seen previously um, with a view to so Stuart can run all the, all the back of those stuff, take the club forward, set set a plan as well. So we've you know we've got like a plan for year one, a plan for year three, plan for year yeah, five, yeah. and and we can do it. We can grow organically. Um, but but I think the main thing as well for me was after learning from the COVID experience and and really being on the the, the bones of our ass um, and coming coming through it, but narrowly, it was about. Being able, being able to set ourselves up as more sustainable, so that we're we're not scraping around yeah. every year. Um, you know, and it's the playing side takes curve curve itself because we've got Sean Flynn, who's a really experienced coach. You know, he's he's from Bradford, Northern lad, knows what he's doing. He uh, we, we get that many people from ten, Bradford. Ten, ten, <laughs> can't be anyone yeah. left in Bradford. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's turn the lights off. On yeah. the like I said, he's not perfect. He's from Bradford, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but no, he, he and he he had good links with. Uh, he used to coach at uh, Birmingham University Rugby League mm. as well. So we we had a lot of lads from uh, from there join us. Um, I mean, to the point where we had lads that were un- at university. Um, and they were due to go back up north for the summer holidays, and I was employing them so so that they didn't go back. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, uh, so yeah, so we so we had them links as well. So so the playing sides always took care of itself, and I'm always confident with the catchment area we've got that we'll get the right players. And and, it, and it's little things that you know when you bring someone in new, new eyes on things. Yeah, uh, something simple like so I think the first thing Stuart said to me was, we're missing out branding wise on 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 the Birmingham aspect. 
So everything on our tops was focused. It's all bulldogs. Mm. Whereas if you look around, if you notice our new kit that we've released, it's it's Birmingham, because it's such a massive catchment area. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to I was going to ask you about the catchment of your players. Yeah. So obviously Birmingham is huge. Are you, are you getting players from the whole Birmingham area, or yeah. is there a centre? Yeah. No, it, we get it from the whole Birmingham area. The current yeah. team from Sutton, Coldfield, Warsaw. And all the way down, we've no walls, but just outside, but yeah. and all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, we have now done a, uh, had a big report done with regards to the demographics of where we're based, how those demographics will help us grow for senior players, junior players, youth players. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we're centred where we're looking to centre now, which is at Avery. Uh, that is the key and focal area. So as time goes on, yes, we'll still draw from most of Birmingham, but the youth will come from this southern Birmingham, which our catchment area then is just under half a million. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's massive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, you know, we don't need to be greedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. don't need... But that's, you know, yeah. we're taking this methodically and looking at it correctly because we want the club to grow and we want it to be organic. Yeah. Now, when we say organic... Yeah, that means that in 10 years' time, 99% of our players are from Birmingham because we've got that catchment area to do that. And then those juniors will do it. And then in 10 years' time, the lads who were playing rugby league for us in senior have got children. They've been brought up with rugby league and it's a continuous path then. And that's what we're looking at doing. And that goes into, we've got juniors starting on the 6th of May as well. We've had a big uh, demand for that. We've just launched the uh, partnership with Ukrainian Rugby League to do the same. We're getting a lot of Ukrainian children coming through for that, uh, which does go back to where we're charging to come in. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of our reach, like I said, we, we, we do have, I mean, the spine of our side are, are northern-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I mean, Connor, who's our captain, he's, he's originally from Castleford. He, he lives down here now, but he coaches at Birmingham University as mm-hmm. well. So, obviously, he's tapped into a few lads, brought them down. we got sort of the likes of Alex Best, who he played at Stanley in Leeds. So he's from Leeds. Mm-hmm. He's the one that I gave a job. There was no way I was letting mm-hmm. him go back. He, he he played for Great Britain students, etc. So, he, we got, you know, we, we got a good... We're lucky in terms of we got a spine of players, certainly in our half-back roles, yeah. that are all... Born and bred Northerners and know the game inside out. Mm. Um, I wonder just touch, I wonder how many halfbacks playing in Midlands are actually from up north. They're, Probably yeah. most of them. Well, you've just mentioned two. Yeah. Last week we had Leamington on Northerners. <laughs> yeah. But That's this is it. what you've got to do. You've got to you. We haven't got any in reality in the Midlands, whether it's the five eighths, dummy half, etc. So you've got to have that northern knowledge and skill to allow these lads or girls to learn from. If you don't, then the progression stops. Mm. So for the next few years, whether it's us, Telford or wherever, we have to have that mingling of raw talent with experience because you can't learn unless somebody's there to learn from and teach you. Like you say, hopefully not in the future, but I just think at the, at the minute, rug, rugby league in the Midlands... I think the demographic of the Midlands dictates that it's, it's majority rugby union, isn't it? That's, if, if we're all honest, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, having having the northern lads within the squad 
helps with that education process. But hopefully, like Stuart said, in, in 10 years' time, if you've got an abundance of lads who have played rugby league here, then they have their kids and they bring them up on, on rugby league. And it's So hopefully you get to the stage where it's, you, get, you get good quality... I, I don't even think it takes that long, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Because yeah, if you tap into a few rugby union clubs and you've got some strong rugby union clubs around you, yeah. um, and you get those players on, it, mm. it doesn't take long to mould a, a, a good rugby union player into a good rugby league player. No, it, it doesn't. And that's now. Yeah. Right? And that's been going on for a fair while. What we're looking at is bringing in the 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds and bringing those through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So we have a continuous pathway of players coming through. No, yeah, I understand. And that's what we're... That's our aim, that's our target, that's our plan. Exactly what Telford's done. Uh, I mean, you look at what Fred did there and, yeah, I I think, I believe, I remember speaking to him once in the pub after a game and um, you you had junior sides playing in the North West Counties Leagues. And and that that's they're playing regular rugby league at a high standard then. So so inst- once they become of age where they can play first team rugby, you're embedding players that yeah. that that know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's that model that we wanna we wanna build, and we're behind. Yeah. We're behind, and you know we need to catch up. And that's why I'm saying that was that was part of the reasons yeah. for the handover. I think um, New Ravens are going to reap the rewards. In, in years to come because their, their junior setup it seems to be really really mm. good it's, it's, they've got loads of teams playing this year mm-hmm. um, their first teams predominantly struggled a little bit without being too disrespectful to them but I think in the next couple of years I think that the Ravens are going to be one of the stronger teams in the Midlands because they've developed their juniors so well mm. yeah they're definitely putting a club together rather than just a team and yeah. that's you know we've spoke about that before yeah. and we that you know that's what survives isn't it like teams come and go but the club you know the club has like some legs yeah, yeah I think I think with Ravens I think they're the complete opposite to us almost if you were to merge us and Ravens together we'd have a very very strong club like you said um, I think I've got a lot of respect for Jason and what he does there and in terms of the youth and, and the development and what they do in the communities. Well, I mean, I spent a couple of years there and, and we used to go out to schools and do coaching in schools and I've got a lot of admiration for that. The reason we, so when I say we, me and Sean Flynn broke away from there and went, we set up Hawks and then obviously merged with Bulldogs um, was solely down to the fact that I'd, I'd gone from playing National League Rugby League and I, I didn't... I sort of was falling out of love with the idea of turning up on a Saturday with, with just nine of us and getting thumped and it was it, you could only do that for so long um, which is the reason why we moved away but it was just we had different visions and, and but like I said absolutely nothing wrong with what they're doing and I hope that they do reap the rewards mm, from it in the next definitely. couple of years because they, they they are great for the community sport mm. and that's what it should be all about is the community yeah, yeah? that's why we're going down the junior and youth side we're also working with SM, SVP charity. We're going to be going into schools with those, providing free coaching. Yeah? And it's to develop this community side. So we're doing other things as well, which will come out shortly, as you'll see online. But this whole community thing is what we're building the club around. Yeah. You're absolutely correct with regards to the differential between the team and the club. Yeah? We are now becoming a club. That's why I have juniors, youth, we've got volunteers. So everything is the core of a club and everything is being bred that way. 
Would you agree? Yeah, and that's and that's the difference from last season to now. If, you know, if you if you speak to a lad, a lot of them they're oblivious, aren't they? Because they just turn up and they want yeah, nice, play, they, yeah. they want nice stash and they want yeah, yeah. they want good training and that's it. But uh, but beyond but be, we worked hard in the off season working behind closed doors to. To, to yes, start start setting the foundations for a sustainable future and for developing youth and getting out and involved in the community more, um, and all them sort of things are coming to fruition now, mm. and so it's, so it's going to be interesting seeing. And I can't wait. I don't. I know Stu's probably the same. But for the first day where we get there and in May and we turn up and we start coaching juniors, and mm. I mean we we might get two, we might get three, we might get four. Is the junior setup is that brand new for this year then? Brand new. Right. Has, okay. Hasn't been done for so like fourteen so years. Birmingham's predominantly just been a, a senior team. First team yeah. yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, well... Uh, uh, do you have, like, have you got your coaches in place? Is the, is the, is the, yeah, is the set up there, yeah, yeah? It's all done. It's all done. That was all done before we even put yeah, it yeah. out because obviously you don't put something out and end up with not, nobody because you just lose everybody again. But this all goes back, you know, pre, pre-pre-season, shall we say. We had a report done to see what we needed to do to to make the club sustainable, mm-hmm. not just now, but in the future, but also why players didn't stay. And that's not just with us. That's with lots of other middling clubs as well because there has been a slow elevation, also with support and also with finance, sponsors, etc. And that report came back and told us that the big top number one complaint from players was player safety. Really? Got, yeah, All with right. regards to pitches. Yeah? Because remember, you're getting, all, yeah, you're getting a lot of union... And some of these are contracted players. Mm. They see those pitches, they play on them once. Yeah, and remember when, you know, we've been involved in this same as you for a long time, you don't always get the, if you're playing to a rugby union pitch, you don't always get the first pitch, you get in the second pitch. Yeah. But it's the hard pitches, etc. So that was the first one. The second one was care, you know. Have you got physios, etc. And you've seen, we've set up a medical team, yeah? This is directly from that report. Uh, we spectators it was that uh, turning up in the middle of nowhere to watch a game have to walk half a mile for a drink half a mile to mm. go to the toilet and things like that yeah uh, they take the kids with them there's nothing for the kids to do and we all know kids don't just stand there and watch men are five or six just watching the rugby league and going wow um and also if it was rainy they were covered in mud etc etc so the reason why we're mo- looking to move to Avery is to solve those two problems. Avery is uh, which rugby union club play there? Bourneville. Bourneville. Did you play there a couple of years we ago? We did. Yeah. So I think we we played you guys. I'm going to say yeah. I remember yeah. playing uh, at that you ground. Had, yeah. You had, did you have you had Jay Bailey playing for you that day? Didn't you? I think I remember. I don't uh, know. Mate. Yeah, he come back. He'd, he'd been at Saints and he come. Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Sorry, Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. 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 yeah he, so he played against us that day, and that's why I remember it. But so, yeah. So. I mean, I, I remember when we played though, and we had the likes of yourselves and Derby coming playing us in semi-finals and whatever, and and everybody commented on how, how good of a setup it was that we had. Down down to little things like you know, you, you take advantage of the fact that there's a, there's a water tap by the dugout, so mm. you don't have, to, yeah, you don't have yeah. to keep sending money mm. your subs to go and fill yeah. the water. But nobody wants to do that, do they? But nah. uh, but it's little things like that, you know. Mm. And, and it, 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 the setup upstairs in the bar area, and you know, you got the viewing balcony and mm. stuff. So it's it's just a miles more professional. Like you said, though, we we Telford's. Um, you know, opening day, it's, mm. it, it, it's professional and it, and when when everything feels professional for the players, that they feel loved. Um, 
And, and I think ultimately they want to perform better as well as a result of it. And because of those type of facilities, the last part of the report was why don't we get lots of money in? And a lot of it came back, the sponsors couldn't see the value mm. of spending to watch, you know. Yeah, for all that. Yeah. Mm. Whereas at Avery, we're now selling tables. Six tables at X amount. You've seen the prices. And we're selling them. Yeah, so I... Do because I can see the value. Right. And, yeah. and that's why, so obviously, so now I've taken over the, the more commercial side of trying to sell these hospitality tickets yeah. and reach out to sponsors. And I think already... We, we, well, £25 here, we got 20 sold. Um, well, Stu's got some as well. And, and mm. these are potential sponsors going forward, people that, I've, that I have a, I have a, you know, a, a relationship with through my job, um, but then people that have sponsored the rugby union club that I coach at. So, and hopefully, you know, it, it just feels a little bit more special because got, we've got that facility so they can come and it's... You know, you couldn't do that where we played last season. Yeah. They, they'd just laugh at us. Um, so. uh, why did you move... Back, back out from Avery. Then it was the, just a money financial. Sim- mm. Yeah, simple as that. It was, it, it was, it was a great facility. We loved it. Uh, we even had TV screens in the changing rooms there, so we could analyse games. Before, yeah, you know, before mm. training. Uh, but they, on the back of COVID, they put their prices up. Um, we, we had sponsors pull out. I think the year last year, the only sponsor that we had left was was the company that I work for. Um, so it, and it literally covered the season um, we, we didn't we didn't have a new kit so we, we were playing in a two-year-old kit um, so we were scraping by and and that was so that was the sole reason of the, the financial reason and Kings Norton where we moved to is the club that I coach at and right okay so, so so we got a, you know they give us a really good deal they wanted to, they wanted us though yeah 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 and we still we're still trying there etc yeah. etc but it's following this report we've started to see drastic changes with regards to player, pool that's coming in, people wanting to buy tickets and buying tickets for the match. Also, sponsorship has gone through the roof. So we know that that side's worked. But the, the big reason, which we know some people are upset with, us was charging to come in. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. onto that in a minute. But that's not for us. That's not for us, like, to make a profit from. That's to pay for our school coaching, etc., etc. That's what it's designed to do. Yeah, uh, we also ran a part of that report was to find out how much people were prepared to pay to come in our own supporters. It must be said, and that's why we initially chose the six because something like ninety percent said between five and six pounds. Yeah, uh, we've now dropped that to four fifty. Yeah, uh, to make because we're not stupid. We take on board what other clubs are saying. We've also now given them twenty tickets to their own club each. Uh, so that solves anything. And unlike some clubs who said that we were going to charge for players and physios to come in, we never were. It was never said. That was, it was just totally untrue. Uh, and the last part of that, which we heard from one or two other clubs, especially on your podcast recently, uh, we're looking to pay players. Have we ever looked to pay players? No, no, I don't think they actually said that. No, no, we, we, they, they said um, <coughs> he, he said what, what's next. Yeah, he yeah, said what's the, yeah, yeah, like he didn't actually say he was paying players. Yeah, no, we, we have we, it, we we had I think we had one season where we we I won't name the club, but we played a club away, and I think we put eighty points on them, and, and they accused us of paying players and said that we had a money man, but we, we never have, and we that's not part you know that's not mm. part of the plan. It's it's solely like. Like I said earlier, it's about being sustainable and it's about not, you know, 
being able to put back into the community and, and I mean we want to set up youth that means that means we need coaches coaches need qualifications and qualifications cost mm. money and it's as simple as that basically and as you are both well now you don't get granted no <laughs> Yeah. No, you don't. No, so we're, we're going back to the the charging for tickets. Obviously, mm. I've got to delve into it a little bit deeper because I, I mentioned it the other week. Then I mm. said, "Look, I are paying six quid to mm. to go." And, well, I certainly won't want my missus to pay six quid to come and watch me play against Birmingham. I just didn't think. I've it, seen you mm. play. I wouldn't pay six quid either. I just don't. I didn't think it was sort of right. I mean, if I'm paying devil's advocate, if do you not think it would be better to not charge people to come in? And then you're going to reap the rewards with getting more people coming down and getting more people spending over the bar. It, no. We don't own the bar. So you, you, the you, you're losing, you're so losing you don't, out there. Because, right. I mean, there's... If, if we own the bar uh, and we own the facilities, then yeah, 100%. But, like, I mean, I mean, the, the difference is, like, when I played up at Rose Bridge or wherever up north, it's, the rugby league club is, is your own. And you, you make money, yeah. So, and, yeah, yeah. But it, but it's not. We're having to hire these facilities, and they're not giving you no sort of. You're not taking anything. a cut from the bar no. sales or anything no. like that. No, no. If we did, we'd be we'd be we'd be millionaires because mm. I'll love a drink afterwards, love a social. Mm. But no, unfortunately not. So it's it's mm. about it's about. Yeah, but general. at the end of the day, ninety percent, ninety five percent of those supporters will be paying to come in on our own. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. now now you've said that you're going to be giving tickets to the the away travelling team. Mm. I suppose he's, uh, that's a lot better. I think that's going to sit with people but a lot better. Never asked it? The, nobody ever asked the question. Yeah, we ne we never said we wasn't. We, we, we it was never. I mean, <clears throat> it was never about. It. We we're never going to charge players to to come and play rugby. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you go back to we we travelled. We went. We played Coventry away last season. Um, in Birmingham, at Birmingham Soliol, and they they didn't provide food. They advertised the food, and we had to pay for the food. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not impacting players' pockets. We, we, we're, they're, they're coming, they're, they're playing on great facilities, and they're getting they're getting good food afterwards. Yeah, every every player will be fed. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. don't mean a sausage and chips. They will be fed properly. Any officials that are coming from the other clubs, so their chairman or yeah. presidents or whatever, they get a pre-match meal. And we told all the clubs this. Yeah. What, what more can we do? Yeah, no, no, not more than that, no. No. And then and this, and this, and it's about what uh, we're trying to we're trying to attract sponsors and, and more of. Um so it's about being able to offer them something different as well. So thinking outside the box there and if we have if we have a facility where we can put on tables and, and food um, and then they watch the game and the, you know and the, the thing with Avery as well you've got the balcony so you can watch the game with them and you're right next to the bar so you know or you can go down it's, it's up to them um, then it adds to that that match day experience and they'll also be you know handing out the man of the match award at the end of, of the game um, so it's about that it's about making it feel a bit more professional yeah, yeah. And, and it's important as well to stress that it is at the moment the plan, we've only planned it for the first game of the season because it because it is trial and error. Um, we are, we're going to see how it works for the first game because because it does cost a lot of money and it's uh, it, you know them facilities cost a lot and we have yeah. to, to make sure we can. Well, as it, it stands now, financially it looks like it's going to be a success. Yeah. Yeah. But you know it's gone down very well in the city. Uh, we've got local and regional councillors coming down to the match. We've also got possibility of a very very senior politician coming down from uh, West Midlands, plus the charities that we spoke about earlier so you know the, it's, it's proven to be a, a good draw and what you know more than what we hope for mm. 
You seem to be very ambitious. Uh, oh, that's the sort of the, uh, the 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 vibe I'm getting from you. Is there um is there a, a an idea of progressing Birmingham further than sort of playing in the Midlands, or is is it? We is, see. Are you, do you always see yourself just as a community team? We have to say everybody has human nature. Human nature. Uh, ambitions. You, you, yeah, yeah. You want to do better than what you did last year, or you want to be. You want the best for your kids. Everything else. So <clears throat> we need to see how this season goes and get this one over because this is a big rebuilding season. The following season, then we can put a lot of those foundations are in place and we can move forward. And let's see where we do go. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we're not saying we want to go to the NCR. We don't be, I haven't said we want to be a league one side, et cetera, et cetera. We need to take one step at a time and let's see how far we can take the club. We know that we have all the big things that the IMG are looking for, population, yeah? Youth, all the bits and pieces. It's down to people like me and Sean to make sure we put all those together to form not just bits of a jigsaw, but a whole piece. And the more pieces that we find that fit, the farther we can go. I mean, I, I think, think that's I, the easiest way to explain. I think I'd, I'd be lying if I, if I said that I wanted my ambition for the club to lie solely in playing Midlands Rugby League. Um, down, down the line, somewhere in the future, it would be nice if we can achieve to play in, in, in a national league mm. again. Um, solely because <clears throat> Mid Midlands Rugby League, they keep calling it a development league and the longer they keep calling it and classing it as a development league, it will always be a development league. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you've got, and there's been such a mixed mixed band, you, you know, you get the likes of Telford who, who can feel the team home and away mm. every week. Uh, Leamington are now mm. but in the past you've had the likes of Ravens to you know put we've, we've had it in the past where we've paid for facilities and then Ravens have pulled out on us the day before a game um, so, and then you see things like obviously Derby and what Derby have done and Sherwood mm. and gone on to be very successful Nottingham in yeah. but they've had yeah, Nottingham but the thing is geographically we, yeah. we, we can't we can't play in the Yorkshire League mm. um, so, so the only other route then is to potentially eventually be, be Back in the national leagues, yeah. but then that that it might not be realistic because you have to look at where we are geographically. The the amount again, the amount it would cost. How many players would we lose because of the travel? But not only the travel, the commitments to rugby union. I mean, we have one lad who plays first team rugby union for Morsley. He, he ain't going to prioritise playing for us in a, in a national mm. league match. So we got all them things to weigh up as well. But Which it's a long goes way back off. to the longer term plan. Of bringing this junior and youth yeah. through because that does give you the profile. Then we haven't got the problem yeah. of having to bring in top quality union places unless they change code completely. Mm. We have that in, in place. I mean, we're stuck in the middle. You've got Birmingham in the centre of the country. We've got the NCL, big travel. We've got the SCL, which is 99% London except for Bristol or Golds. Where do we go? Mm. Yeah. Our belief would be to make the Midlands the powerhouse it should be, yeah. Whether that's Telford, etc., etc. You got Coventry, you got Leamington, and we used to have Leicester, Northampton. 
We've got to build that back. Cov Dragons as well. Yeah, Coventry Dragons. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say this year is I think the Midlands <coughs> Prem is probably going to be the strongest it's been in absolutely mm. ages. I agree. Uh, because you, you've got five teams in there, Oxford, Leamington, Telford, you've said them all, that they're all really strong teams out there. And then on the back of that, you've got the, the Merit League now has got about 12 teams in it. Mm. So it's, yeah. it's going to be... Yeah. So the Merit League teams are going to start feeding up into the Midlands League. Um, yeah, I think I think competition is going to be fierce this year. Hundred percent, and I hope and that's so. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hope so. I remember, was it two, two, three years ago when we we, we played Leamington twice and put eighty points on them twice? It's nobody gets anything out of that. Um, yeah. And and to be fair to Marcus, what he's done there at Leamington, they did they've done a fantastic job, and they've come. I mean, last year we saw it; they were they were competitive. We went right down to the wire, I think, for them making the playoffs. Mm. And, and that's that's what we need. It was anybody could beat anybody last season. Yeah, and I think it's going to be the same this season. Again. But that's what we need: the people like Marcus's. He's done a great job down there. You can see it when you go down. You can see it on the the social profile. Yeah. They're doing a good, solid job. But he's doing the same as what we're doing: making the feel players feel that they are a bit special. They are playing for something. It's not, you know, I'll go and to that rugby league team for two or three weeks do a bit of training so I'm fit for they're coming down to play rugby league yeah mm. and that's what it has to be because otherwise we're not going to grow but I think even they I mean they had a lot of numbers pre-season last year and they're struggling and they, they came to us and they were I think one or two I played for them against us because nobody wants to put their hand up to play against their own side I, I think I, I scored against <laughs> us actually so I got I got, I got dick of the week and dick of the season tell me that. That. I know yeah so uh, but so, so like I say I've, I know them lads quite well and they're, they're a good group of lads and it's and they deserve it because they, when when they were that season, the last couple of seasons where they were getting funds, they they kept going and the spirit mm. was there and you could see the potential in them. And it needed someone like Marcus just to grab mm. it and take it forward and and that's what that's he's what been able to do that because he's turned it from a team to a club. Yeah. People yeah. stick with the club, they don't with the team. Yeah, and yeah. that's what he's turned it into. That's it. And in all, so in all honesty, re- realistically, when you look, although they we're the oldest, longest running club in the Midlands, we're we're behind. Everybody else, mm. which is why we needed these changes, because Levingtons, the Telfords, they've, they've got the use, they've been there, they've done it. Mm. The, fa- the foundations, in it. Yeah. yeah so that's what that's what we've done this year. We've put those foundations in. Yeah, they're still drying, but they're in. We've changed the kit colours, even though we have played in those colours before. Yeah, we partnered with Oxen to provide that kit. Yeah, so the players are getting the very best kit. It's the international level standard kit they're getting. So everything that we can do following that report, we're doing for players, spectators. Yeah, so you've, you've rebranded, aren't you, to black and red this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me just about the, the colours, why you chose those colours, or is it just... Well, we have played in them before, black and red. Um, but we had another research done, because uh, obviously we want to sell sponsorship on the shirts. Uh White obviously is obvious because obviously you can say everything, but black uh, for sponsorship when <coughs> when we do the the research comes out top because you leave a lot black and you fill it in with the sponsors which you'll see on our new shirt we have done. So that's the main reason. One we played in it before, and secondly was the branding research that we'd had done. Uh, yeah, and my wife's always washed the kit, and if, if we got white, she wouldn't be doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing up north in the winter and we had a, a white awake it once. It, it stayed white for all of one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And another story, we had a, because we used to wear, the team I used to play for, we used to wear uh, burgundy and white 
No, same as Somerset. Uh, yeah, it's like it manly colours. Um, yeah, so it was burgundy and uh, white shorts, and the laundrette washed it together. Yeah, and the shorts were bright same pink. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just to change something slightly, you just we're talking about Somerset, yeah. Somerset, a community like probably the best team I've ever been been involved with a team playing against. They knew what they were doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they're only playing Merritt again this mm-hmm. year. I mean. Last year they just just stopped, <coughs> but it's another phenomenal side, mm. and it could go a long, long way, and it should have gone a long, long way. So you know, it's not that we haven't got these clubs, you know, in the Midlands or the Southwest, etc. They're there. We just need to nurture them to bring them up. Yeah, yeah. Keep lift, keep lifting them. Mm. Um, I was just going to ask, you know, going back to like what's worked for you as a club in bringing in fresh players, a particular like way that you've recruited new players has it been word of mouth social media going into union clubs what's yeah um, I think mainly it was a lot of it was players that I'd played union with so I'd tap into them and then then they'd speak to their mates and other clubs and obviously the university link that we had um, Sean Sean knew quite a lot of people but then when we got like I mean we had we had Adam Brock who came and played for us Uh, he played for us last season as well he played for Sheffield Connor at Cass did all people when Northerners were gobshites, we spread mm. the word. We, you know, we, I mean, I've, I've been in, I've been in the gym, and I think that was another good thing as well that we did. I always, every season, I made sure that we always had warm up tops and, and stash so that they felt part mm. of a club. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I remember there was, there was umpteen occasions where lads had just been in the gym, and people had approached him and oh, rugby league. I didn't know they had mm. rugby league round here. And it was the same for me when when I first moved down here. I'd, like I said, I'd come from playing for Ints. I, I was working. I was working in leisure, and I went and played. Uh, I went and signed at Rugby Union at Morsley. And the reason I did that is because I, I didn't know that there was a rugby league based down here. Hmm. The, the, the awareness just wasn't there, um, which is why the things like like with with the Telford Post, the Leamington Post, the, the more noise there is around the Midlands, hmm. the more people are going to know about it and get yeah. involved. Because yeah. Sean's got a great way with the players. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Beyond comparison, really good with it. But a lot of our new players have come off our rebranding. Yeah, social media. And social well. media. We've had a big influx of them. And they're coming as far from Warsaw, yeah, mm. over to us. Uh, but when they get here, they see there's a team of five physios. You know, they've got any problems, they're there. And it's just this whole field. So they then bring somebody else. Mm. They say it's good. They bring somebody else. The guys that you brought in, they're bringing other people again now. Yeah, yeah so it's not, it's not really about recruitment, it's, it's about retention. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, how we retain them. And, and, I mean, little things again, like last season we started, so I'd get down early, we've, we've, we've got another lad, Ash Vaughan, he's, he's a great volunteer. Um, he used to meet me there early before every game and we'd have mm. all the shirts. We, I would, Charlie Robinson as well, another lad, <clears throat> he printed off all the names and we used to put the names on the pegs. All the shirts were on the pegs, the shorts folded, the socks, a, a banana, an energy drink, and, and a bag of Harry balls. So we make we'd make sure we had that it's, as a setup before every game. We, we, yeah, we spoke about this sort of thing before. I mean, Craig, it's like the the one percenters yeah. that make all the difference to people, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, hundred percent. And I remember because it was a ball ache getting down there. Don't get me wrong, and I'd get a headache from the wife because I've not cut the grass or whatever. <laughs> but you get down there, and then when you see them turning up and walking in, taking pictures and putting it on their own social media, oh, yeah, it's yeah, like, that's, yeah. it that's was why. worth it. It was worth it. Um, and 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 when and when it goes goes back to like I said, we've having the walk the warm up tops. So we used to get them, bring them back, wash them, so that we didn't lose any. We had them every week, squad number on. Mm. 
and, and when you go out, then everybody looks the part. They look like a good side. And I remember being being a kid when we used to turn up at places like Wigan St. Pat's and you know like uh, Oral St. James, and you'd turn up and if you were playing when I, this is where I was at Inley, and you'd see like we we were all in makeshift tops, like something I borrowed off my dad or something. And you've got these lads warming up in in full track suits and jackets and. It's intimidating just yeah, looking yeah. at it because yeah, yeah. they look the part, and, mm. and that's what we want. But it's to also create. amazing to be part of. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that team again. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think another uh, the main reason for our success last season in terms of on the pitch, because like I said, we started afresh with a completely new set of lads, was like the likes of Sean, Ash, Connor, certainly mm. Brookie in the background. It was we had this opportunity. We saw it as an opportunity with the new set of lads. It was like. Let's get the culture right. We want, we want, we want players that want to train. Mm. We, we, we want after the, um, the, the the lad who started off with captain Charlie Robinson. He, he insisted when the lads came in after a game, we all sat there. We we had a crate of beer. We all sat there. We had a beer together. So if you can play eighteen minutes of rugby together, you can have a beer together. You stand up, you raise a toast to the, the lad who's made his debut, and someone who's scored an amazing try, whatever. And it was just about that culture and creating a brotherhood. Mm. Um, so that everybody, when they go out on the pitch, they, you know that the person next to you is going to fight for you. Oh, oh. Um, and that, 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 so that was the real change last season, was the culture, I think. But just fast forward now, if you will, just project your mind and think about, you know, the end of the season. Um, how will you know that kind of Birmingham have, have had a good season? The end of this season coming? Um, well, I think, I think once, once you win the league and you go into a league as, as you know, reigning champions, so to speak, there's only... There's only one way you can measure the success, and that's by retaining it. Isn't there? Um, even though, like I said, I do believe that this year it will be harder. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that's the that's the only way we can class on the field as mm. as success. So well, just to put the pressure on Stuart, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Won it without chairman, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the first time, it is retaining that 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 championship or getting as close as we physically can. <laughs> but another key points it would be that the juniors yeah. are up and running yeah our schools <clears> are up and running what we're doing with the charities up and running what we're doing with the Ukrainian kids is up and running yeah that we're on a financially stable footing yeah these are all interlinked those so there's different parts so if we've got five targets if we reach four then it's a successful yeah if we reach two it's not yeah I think we'll do that. The big imponderable is obviously winning the league. Mm. We've got a lot, like you say, it's going to be a tough season. And, I, and mm. I think I think what would be good as well. I mean, I remember the year before COVID, um, myself and Sean and uh, Mark uh, and Jim at um, Boston, we all got involved and we 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 set up the Midlands representative side, um, and it went really well. We we, we trained out in Nottingham. We, we took them down, tournament down south. A couple of lads got into England line arts, etc. And, and and it was good to it. would be nice to get, get that back up and running again. As There's well, a lot of people want to see that up and running, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it was it was great because like there was lads there was lads there. I was there as, with my coaches head on. We had trials, and there were lads there that I thought, I remember playing against them, thinking oh, I can't stand you. Uh, I remember one lad in particular. I won't mention his name. But he was from Derby. He was a nightmare to coach as well, but he was a quality player. Yeah. And it was nice to see that other side of people. Um, 
And then you know when you when you travel to games and you're playing against them like the next season, it's like everybody knows yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah, each other, yeah. yeah but you, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about rugby league. And for eighty minutes, you want to knock each exactly. other's heads off. <laughs> but then you have a pint yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're at Telford. We're knocking each other's head off for eighty minutes, and we're sharing a bag of chips afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but they are looking to start the rep rep uh, teams off again. Uh, last time I saw coming through from the RFL, they were looking for coaches. And I think that's going to be the most difficult one is getting yeah, get the volunteer the coach because yeah. of time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. There was a lot of travelling that was, I mean, we were going up to Nottingham, like I say, and the lads from Boston were great, but they were having to travel all the way from Boston. Um, mm. So, it, it, and it was great. And, and you learn, and the other thing as well, like you you learn the difficulties that, that Boston had in terms of their recruitment. They have a, a lot of lads from the RAF and stuff, for et cetera, that mm. disappear. And, um, but then you learn that coaching techniques from them and what they're doing differently and mm. you, you can put that into practice so it was and, and with the different players as well so yeah it was it was really interesting process just um going back to like your your goals you know some might say look a, a quite lofty ambitious goals do you feel the pressure of of, of that or no no pressure oh. you take each one it could be quite big yeah well the whole thing is quite big but each one is made up of different parts, yeah? So we talk about targets. Each one, say, got five parts. So if we achieve four out of the first part, <coughs> that's a success. We may not achieve everything. So you've got to look at it that way. Take one step at a time. You keep, it's like walking up stairs. If you walk one step at a time, eventually you get to the top. It doesn't mean you do it all in one go. So we're not going to be running up. We've got to set those targets, and they're quite sensible, mm. yeah? We set them bit by bit but we're not just saying launching this and then thinking how the hell do we do it everything's put in place first then we do it so we can back it up to take it through i think i think the only the only person in the club that probably feels any pressure or feels the most would be sean flynn as, as the head coach because because he has always been successful and i think Mm. And, and I see he overanalyzes himself afterwards. He, yeah. you know, if, if, if something goes wrong, he blames himself. And and, and I think it's just because he's such a good coach and he and he, and he, he wants mm. to succeed for the players. Yeah. Um, so obviously he, he feels the pressure from a results part, oh, part of things. Blood, blood, sweat and tears for the team. 100%. And, and yeah. his guys. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, so I think he has the highest pressure. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's not the hardest job. Yeah. Well, we've, you've mentioned a few people throughout the episode, but we always offer the, the guests just a little bit of time to, to mention, you know, any unsung heroes or people that have made, you know, move the needle for the club or whatever. Yeah, well, um, I think at the moment you've mentioned Sean, hmm. but you've got Ash Vaughan who you've yeah. mentioned. Whatever you ask Ash, Ash, Ashley to do, yeah. he goes off and it's done. Yeah. yeah, you've also got Mark Abel, who's quite a, a low profile, been involved with the club for several decades now. But whatever you ask, it's done. Mm. Yeah, and obviously you've got Big Sean here. So we're working as a team. Yeah, but I would say those are the the key figures who do the nitty gritty. Yeah, and, and like I said, when you mentioned Mark, there, I bet a lot of the lads don't even know who Mark is, mm. but. But he's always there. He's like, I mean, the amount, how many meetings did we have pre pre season yeah. this year? And he was there at every meeting. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, you know, it's like when you're married, you, you all get it in the head. Uh, you know, you get the headache at home. And, and the other one, like my missus as well, I suppose I better mention her. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, she, she puts up with a lot, but uh, I mean, she's always washed the kit, done the social media, yeah. that sort of stuff before Stuart got involved. 
But there's a lot of people that do good stuff behind the scenes. But so I think the total thing is everybody's working to the same mm. goal. And that's the biggest thing. You can go to clubs where you've got 10 people, six are working to one goal, two don't know where they're going and the other two could be working against it. Mm. At the Bulldogs, I can say hand on heart, everybody is working to the same goal, whether it's the physio, the chairman, whatever. Volunteer, volunteers make a club, don't they? Yeah. Without, without the volunteers, you, you can't do anything. Mm. And I remember there's been times where it, it, I've been on my own, there's been times where Sean's been on his own and... You, you just gotta you, you gotta do it roll up your sleeves, but the, now there's there's more since Stuart's got involved. We've got more volunteers than ever. Game day manager, we've got team a game manager. manager for the first time. Um, so it's showing that, but it just it, it becomes a lot more enjoyable um, if you're not having to stress about getting there early enough to peg the kits up and you know who's going to own bargains to get the gummy bars and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> so yeah. So, so people think what we're doing is big. It's not actually. It's all lots of little things, mm. which then form a big thing. So I think that's a... We're really in no rush to get to that end point. We just do as much as we can. Mm. Yeah. Looking at this big shiny trophy then, the, uh, the uh, five teams in the Midlands Premier competing for this year. Um, how's your first team squad shaping up then at the minute? It's, well, it's... If you, comp, if you... I don't know, like, if you're going to compare it to last year, this time last year, are you in a... We're, we're a stronger better, than last better, year. Yeah, you're in a better place. We're, we're stronger than last year. Um, we've got a lot of new faces. Some good new talent coming. Really yeah, good new, good new talent. We've got, you know, we've got the lads, we've got that link back with the university that we didn't have last season because Sean, through, through his commitments at home or whatever, had stopped coaching the university the year before, so mm. we didn't have them filtering through. But now we've got Connor, um, he's coaching them, so he's brought four or five of them down. And, and like I said, we really added to that culture. But as well, we had a, because there were so many players that played for us last season where it was the first season of a taste, with a taste of rugby league, mm. they've gone back to their clubs then, their rugby union clubs, mm. uh, and, and brought some of their mates down with them. Yeah. So, and we had some start last year from the North West, but they're now living down here. Young lads as well, you know, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 22. Yeah. Uh, and they were really good players. But also... that. M Playing, playing to Avery has also started bringing us in a lot of good union, mm. like contract level players as well, because they want to play there. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it's a mixture. Right? Yeah. We are definitely stronger. Yeah, yeah. But then everyone else is. Mm. Well, it seems that yeah, way. There's definitely, definitely great numbers around, which is yeah. really exciting. Mm. So mm. that's good. Uh, anything else, Carlo? Uh, no, I think we've touched no. on most. Is there anything you guys have wanted to talk about that we haven't spoken about? I think our, our main part is just the community side, that we're pushing the community side. <laughs> we've partnered, we decided at the start of the season we've partnered with three um, charities, one international, one national, one local. The international one is Lepra, who uh, obviously by the name deal with leprosy in northern India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Uh the national one is Motor Neurone Disease Association. And then the local one uh, is the SVP, who are based in Birmingham. They, they work in deprived areas with deprived children, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be working with them to provide coaching. They're, they can come down to us for coaching, but we'll also go into their centres and coach as well, wherever it's possible. So that's that one part. And obviously the last part is the Ukrainian part, which fixes in with the 
with the others. So are you, are you trying to sort of fundraise for these charities at, at the same, is that yeah. what you're doing or is it just a no, beneficial? No. The first part is they're on our kit. Yeah. yeah. They'll be in our programmes. We will be producing glossy programmes for every match, no matter where we play. Uh, they've been on our social media. We will fundraise for them as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll use it. Step. We can use it as as, as team events, as mm. so, you know, team building events. Yeah, yeah. whether we do Snowden or you know mm. some sort of challenges, but that that'll be the idea. So it's a team event rolled into mm. raising for That's charity. I mean, we're not just linked with them this year; it's following year and going forwards from there. So you know, we're not doing this. Well, we'll do it this year. It's going to give us a good name. We're not. This is a long term mm. uh, process. Uh, so that obviously with the MNDA, that's why we're pleased. Your man's done his uh, journey on his uh, super marathon. Okay, lads, brilliant talking to you and learning more about Birmingham. Um, you know, a real, real good aged club with lots of depth and really interesting listening to you both. Um, all right, we're going to move over to our fun prediction. I don't know how fun this is, all right, but we're going to have fun prediction round and look at the fixtures ahead of next week. So before we do... I take it you're a big Wigan supporter here, I am, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely through and through. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I played at Lee for a number of years though, so I, I yeah. do. I have a soft spot for Lee. So right, I like seeing them do well, but 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 Wigan, yeah, yeah, cool. Lee doing brilliant this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuart, what about you? Obviously, I was brought up support KR, but I can't say that this week because I'm at FC on Sunday. So. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. you've just recorded it now. So. <laughs> yeah. Just supports Hull. <laughs> yeah. Hull, Hull clubs. Uh, right, Craig, last week you... Smashed you, it, you know. pulled one back, didn't you? Yeah, yeah so yeah. You, you're one yeah. point behind me now. Um, and Birmingham, this is your first competition of the year, so you've got to beat Leamington. Right. So um, Pete got three and Toby got Pete. five. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> he was caught up with that. Did you see uh, Toby yeah, was yeah, giving yeah. some stick on social media? Yeah, he didn't like it, did he? <laughs> Pete put some of them little, cry, you know, crying yeah, emojis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, first game then is St. Helens v. Warrington. St. Helens starting to struggle. Uncharacteristically starting to struggle. Um, Warrington, they lost, didn't they, to... Uh, Wigan. Wigan. Wigan, yeah. So a big game. That It was it was their sort of chance to prove the, the, the real deal and the... They came up short. Mm. Um, go on, I'll, I'll let you go I first. Thought, I thought they had a, a try choked off that shouldn't have been though. But, yeah. Um, y- yeah, we all thought that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Apart from the video, I, I, I weren't complaining, but yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Saints at home. I think they need they need to bounce back, and they've still got the same squad. They've got the players around them to do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a Warrington wobble and Saints win. Mm-hmm. Right, cool. I'm going the other way. I'm going Warrington. Uh, I think. You've got two different, very different styles of game, and I think that uh, St. Helens' style will play into Warrington's hands. Right. For me, I talked to a few touch players last night about this, and we're sort of saying, you know, Saints are in almost the same stage Leeds was a few years ago, where a lot mm-hmm. of their, you know, their, their players retired all of a sudden, and the team went, went downhill for, for mm-hmm. quite a while afterwards, and maybe, you know, we're still recovering now. And maybe Saints are at that point now. You know, they've got some aged players. I'm going to go Warrington, okay, uh, because of that. I'm going wire as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think, um, I, even though they lost to Wigan last week, they were still there or thereabouts. There weren't much in it, and, and it was one of them games that could have gone either way. Um, I thought it was 
quite fun that they did lose because the old it's Warrington's year joke started coming back out and, <laughs> like, like they do every single year when yeah. they start losing so yeah but I, I think yeah, I don't know what's going on with Saints at the minute I don't think they're quite at the race just told you just told you what's happening with Saints oh, well, I mean, you are, <laughs> expert yeah, over yeah. here I mean how, how old Robbie now is he like listen what I'm saying 102 yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just a little bit just a little bit younger I think than Carl I mix is just <laughs> in, in balance yeah 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 yeah. Wire for me then. Right. Next game is the Friday night fixture Castleford against Hull KR. You always have to go first and then we decide what we're doing after that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I think Hull KR and I think comfortably, to be honest. I think Cass just, they, they don't look at the races this season. Hull look pretty steady. I think, I think they'll, they'll progress well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Hull KR comfortably. I would, I would totally agree with that. Uh, I like Cass as a club and how they work, but... Yeah, they're not there uh, this year. No, mm. no. So it's something wrong in the back the back of that club. Yeah, same as for me. Yeah, okay. same as for me. Clean sweep for OKR. OKR are flying, I think, at the minute. So, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting about OKR is that Tony Smith like built this squad from the ground up and now he's gone to the other side of Hull and gone to a struggling team so he's, he's not reaping the rewards of his success the, 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 the team he's built I suppose that's what Tony Smith's good at he's, he's, he's a, he's, he yeah. builds teams up doesn't he's he? a but challenge man yeah. he is in yeah, yeah he, is, he loves a, but he's a challenge it, it seems a shame for him that he's not reaping the rewards of Hull KR's success now no, he's Mr Underdog isn't he yeah. loves an underdog loves it mm. right next one's a big game big game this one the Leopards versus the Rhinos yeah. Um, Lee mixed bag win loss win loss they're, they're sort of like they're very similar to Leeds to be honest with you um, Craig you always have to go first on the on the on the uh, the old Leeds fixture. yeah I think I agree it's going to be a close game I've got to I've got to back Leeds uh, Leeds won the last game didn't they mm. yeah against Hull uh, but Lee are looking good Josh Charn Lee's Back in contention for an England spot again. Mm. Yeah, oldest man in England shirt. He <laughs> deserves it though. He does, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think. Um, to be honest, I think they've been getting good crowds at Lee as well at Lee Sports Village. Um, so I think they'll have a good a good crowd on a big atmosphere. Didn't they have Robin Robbie Williams the other week? Yeah, yeah, yeah they've been Did doing. Uh, they, they've been doing not the actual Robbie Williams. <laughs> Was it not? <laughs> no, oh, no. Shit. no. <laughs> <laughs> but they've uh, they've been doing. They've used their initiative and they've started doing the mm. you know, like live band, local bands and stuff before the game. I need to pull, yeah, the, yeah. pull the crowd. Another band this week, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah, no. You know what? I think. With, with the momentum of last week's win, the comfortable win against Wakey, I don't think they were they weren't at the best either against Wakefield, but they won comfortably, which yeah, yeah, which is the side of a good a good side. Um, so for me, I think with the own crowd behind them, I think Lee might scrape it. Yeah, I think it'll be Lee. Yeah, it's got the buzz going there. It's in the fans. It's in the players. So I think it'd be yeah. com- Lee comfortably. A quick one, shirt. Love it or hate it. Well, I, I think the gets, fact, us, gets us talking. I think the fact that it's, it's not really a leopard either, is it? It's a really snow leopard <laughs> yeah. or a, a pop- <laughs> and, and, and I've got, I've got. There's a lad that works for me, uh, Daryl, and and 
And uh, he won salesperson of the quarter last quarter, and I changed his certificate to leopard of the quarter. He hates it. <laughs> they, do you know, they, they bought a season ticket there, and with your season ticket, you got a free shirt. That's how desperate they had to get rid of them. <laughs> I mean, when you're walking around, you got a leopard's ass on your back. It's, it, no, I'm not a fan at all. Yeah, but you also got red eyes on your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you go from being a centurion to a leopard, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's bad But they've got yeah. planned different ones for different periods as well now, from what I could understand. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All because uh, their owner's favourite animal is a leopard. I mean, I, I like pandas, but I'm, I'm not going to go out just as one. Do you know what I mean? Birmingham pandas. Birmingham pandas, yeah. <laughs> you heard it first. That's yeah. getting clicked. That's, that, yeah. that, that's the real reason why the kid's gone black. <laughs> have we all gone? No, I ain't gone. I've asked Lee for me. Yeah. Oh, fuck off, Carl. Yeah, that's, I think. <laughs> do you want to go against fucking Leeds? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I, I like what Lee are doing, so. All right. <laughs> You'll be sorry. Is that three to one? Is that you think yeah, you're going to you think you're going to pull the pint back and go level yeah. next week? Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Sunday then, Salford Red Devils versus Catalan. It's at Salford. Sure. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, lottery. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Salford looked really good this year. Brilliant. I'm um, I'm going to go Catalan. I'm gonna go Catalan, but I reckon it's gonna it's gonna be as close as six. Narrow win. <laughs> What's the reason for the Catalan? What was what tipped you over the edge? I, I just, just picked I, one out. I, of the just, head. I just tossed a coin <laughs> in the head. It's like I can hear I can hear me two brain cells clanging together. And it just it come up with Catalan. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I think if my head was rolling, I'd say Catalan just. Yeah, uh, but my heart will roll with Salford, so it'd be Salford. Yeah, Ooh. I'm going Salford. Salford's been my like my second second team this mm. year, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to go. So I'll go Salford. They play a good brand of rugby, but not as good as the one that Catalan are going to play this week. So I'm going <laughs> Catalan. <laughs> Here we go. I'll, I'll be two points ahead. <laughs> nah, no chance. <laughs> that no. was a, that was a confident Catalan shirt as well. That <laughs> no, was. Catalan have been great this year. Oh, they lost mm. last two, haven't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. How great is that? Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, do, I just I I, 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 don't, I can't see them losing three, and that's. That, yeah, that's the truth I, I can't see him losing yeah. three no right the next game then Dull FC versus Huddersfield <laughs> Giants you're looking at me yeah yeah you get, this is, it goes like this it goes like this he's getting cushioned we know what Stuart's is going to be it's going to be Hull FC yeah so you're there you're at the game this weekend yeah. yeah yeah any yeah. reason yeah. you're going or just let's have a chat Right, okay. Oh, networking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got a story to tell, or not? A secret? Oh, it's a bit of a secret at the moment. <laughs> See a man about a dog. <laughs> or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going I'm to go Hull. I'm going to go Hull. I, I don't think Huddersfield look that strong this year. Um, and I think I think Hull did do a good result, and I think uh, they'll get one this weekend. Local derby as well. Tasty. They've not been playing as bad as some of the results show. Suggest, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, hang on, they were rubbish last week. What did what did they lose by last week? 34 points to 10. Yeah. I didn't say every game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Huddersfield. Nah. Yeah, I'm going to go Huddersfield. <laughs> go the Giants. <laughs> the Giants. Huddersfield to win. Tony Smith to beat next Birmingham Bulldogs manager. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. The final fixture of the weekend then is is a given. Uh, we don't really need to vote on this one. It's Wigan v Wakefield. <laughs> Wakefield are still on Bless the score. Uh, you can count them on one hand how many tries they've scored this year. 
Yeah, I don't think they should even be on the same pitch. Uh, I'm going Wigan. <laughs> you've got a Wigan, with... Wigan, yeah. Wigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but you've got to be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's a shame though, isn't it? Isn't it a shame? It, yeah, it is actually because they're, they're not even they're not even competing are they? It's, no, the minute. No. Um, it, it is a shame, but I think... For, for years, for, no, but I just think for years now they've been they've been scraping the barrel and just surviving and, and and like I said with the infrastructure of the ground it's been going backwards. I think there's there's bigger clubs in the championship that that deserve a deserve a chance and I think it's good to see Lee come up this time and and really give it a good yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, a good crack here, yeah. Who, who would just who would you say like would would come up and slot right in? Witness. Witness, yeah, yeah. Witness, good. Huge, huge heritage. When, when, when you talk about history, um, and, and you know Bradford, hmm. great history, and like, like we were talking earlier about, I remember the days when I was going down to the DW uh, and even Central Park watching Wigan Bradford, Robbie Paul, Henry Paul, hmm. great game, great club. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, there's a few clubs in there that I think. It's all uh, in the past, though, isn't it? What about yeah, yeah. Featherstone are the, the team on the pitch that are absolutely smashing it out? Yeah, they're the yeah. ones that are on the roll. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I just feel sorry for for the Trinity because it's probably the worst season that could ever happen mm. because the future is so uncertain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The problem the problem is as well though, with Wakefield. They're so close that you know, they're on Leeds' doorstep. Yeah. You got Bradford on the doorstep with such a good strong history. So it's it, it, it's a difficult catchment area. Whereas in Wigan, you've only got you've only got Wigan. I know Warrington's not far, St Helens ain't far, but that I, I remember playing playing rugby in Wigan. You could you could walk from one mm. ground to the yeah. local uh, you know local amateur clubs. Whereas in Wakefield, it's not it's not quite like that. But it's it's like that along the. I mean, you've only got to look at Huddersfield, Leeds, and Cass, <clears throat> especially Cass and Leeds. I mean, Cass hold their annual annual player. Uh, End of season do opposite Allen Road. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're always going to get that up there. I mean, Wakefield in reality is a little bit farther out than <clears throat> those guys. But I just think from a club with the kind of heritage that Trinity have got, I just think you know if it had happened last season or the season before, it would have been a bit different. But just uncertainty going in the next two years is probably the worst season to finish bottom. Yeah, I mean, only thing that's for Wakefield, if they do get relegated uh, this year, um, all they have to do next year is get some shiny digital screens and a good social media following, <laughs> and they'll be they'll be back up. Red, red eyes and nipples, <laughs> and they'll be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the uh, the chairman's favourite favourite animal is. They're actually against the IMG proposals at Wakefield. Yeah. Are they opposing it? Yeah, they're opposing oh, it. I saw yeah, I saw yeah. that today. Uh, interestingly, the teams who have come out and said they are opposing it are the teams at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Castleford are against it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes down to those demographics that the <clears throat> IMG have put in with regards to population, which is, goes back to what we were just saying, how close a lot of these teams are. Mm. One of them is going to fall foul of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great. Predictions done. Yeah, predictions yeah, yeah. done. Okay, so we're going to move on. Uh, our golden point question. It was set by Pete Gattenby from Leamington uh, Royals uh, the other week. Good question, actually. Really, really quite simple. His question, we're going to play that clip now. All right, just to summarise then from Pete, um, the question was, what do the clubs in the Midlands as a whole need to do to make the game more, ex more exciting and more engaging? 
So, yeah, for, you, Sean? for me, it's it's about what we discussed earlier. Exactly what a lot of clubs are doing this year that that we haven't done before, and that is the social media presence. And like like <clears throat> like we said with Leamington Cobbers, the inclusivity. So adding the the women's game to it as well. So it's there's, there's more competition there. So I think the more social media presence, the the more the word spreads, the more more, more competitive the league can be, and then we can sort of put the Midlands on the map as, as a real rugby league area. Uh, and I think Hurricanes as well, being in the, the professional game, certainly helps the region. And I think if there was a closer link to the Hurricanes in terms of a progression path, yeah, that would certainly benefit the Midlands, I think. Yeah, you had, you had an hospitality day down at Midlands, did you? Did well, you go? Me, no. me and Mark Highball. Oh, you went down there, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think? It was good? It was all right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quality. Uh, Stuart, what was your... Uh... I think the whole thing is you can't raise the profile of something. Like, well, let me start again. You can't do anything unless people know that you're there. Yeah? Business is where you are. So the profile of rugby league in the Midlands has to, has to go up. So like Sean says, with the social media, etc. We've got to make it exciting. Exciting for people to come and watch. Yeah, exciting for sponsors to come in because money runs everything, but also that the players want to play and not just for that summer period they start to mm. But you've got to make sure that people in the Midlands know that rugby league exists. We all think it does because we're all involved in it, yeah? But you go in the centre of Birmingham and say, who's the rugby league team? They couldn't name it, the Hurricanes, Birmingham Bulldog, anybody. As far as they're concerned, it doesn't exist, so we've got to raise that. So the type of things that we're doing, inviting people down, et cetera, et cetera, it's raising that profile, and you can see that it's being done in Telford now, it's being done in Leamington. This is what we've got to do. So it becomes something that people want to be involved with because they know it's there. Yeah, I suppose what we... the inv- I always try and look at... When I'm looking at a question like that or a problem, I'm looking... I always look at the inverse of it as well. And the inverse of it is... Was, don't let it slip back. I think, you know, this season yeah. it's almost like streams have combined and, and everyone's got great numbers at training. Mm. We can't let it go back now. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And, and that's what's happened in the past. I mean, you go back 10, 12, 14 years ago, there was almost 20 clubs in the Midlands. Where did they go? Mm. I, I and think it goes back to what you just said. I think, yeah. I think another thing as well, we touched on it last year, we asked a question with the RFL, um, so we got to the stage where we, we almost we almost had enough for two, to put two sides out, but we weren't quite there, which meant that we had people that were missing out on game time. But then you've got the Ravens just down the road from us who, who are travelling to some games with eight, nine, ten players. Surely we should we should in, introduce like some sort of loan system. Some like combined team or something yeah, so like if, that. If yeah, they're, not yeah, yeah, the same, yeah. they're not even in the same competition, they're in the Merit League, yeah. so therefore we should be able to say, there you go, Game time, go, go and play for the Ravens, go and put a shirt on for them. Um, and I think that would benefit the... Because pe- you've got people missing out on game time because we, we're not quite at two teams. I think you're totally right there. It hits a brick wall when you got this, that everybody's built walls around their own garden. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to have your players. I'm not going to lend you our play. It's that type of thing. And I think mm. that has to go. It was like we're when Lemington came... For rugby. Well, when Leamington came to us, though, we spoke. Marcus, Marcus was open with me beforehand, said we're struggling numbers-wise, and I said to him, "Look, you come over. We've got numbers. 
we won't make you play as you know we, we will play 13 on 13 yeah. we have to reshuffle stuff mm -hmm. or reshuffle it, it, it's about a game of rugby and and you know the lads want to play 13 on 13 they want it competitive and we had we had lads that put their hand up and put a shirt on for them on the day and it, you know and then after that because the thing is if they didn't manage to to turn up and, and play in that game and compete the chances are that it, it, you dwindle and go backwards. Not effect. Yeah, because you see, you see that the games are off. Mm. Whereas it actually ended up being a really close game, um, and then they springboarded on from that. Mm. So, and I think the more we can do to to engage and help each other, the, the better it is for the community game. I think the big key thing <clears throat> is we have to work together, mm. not in isolation, but we have to work together. Mm. We all love the game. Yeah, we're all playing rugby league. We're all running rugby league clubs. We cannot do it in isolation because we have nobody to play. Mm. We have to work together. And I think that's my be all and end all. Great. Uh, Carlo, oh, from you, I mean, what's your, what's your take on it? Um, you know, they've got an opinion. How to, <laughs> how to make the game more exciting in the Midlands? Two things I want to see uh, big rivalries being bigged up on social media. Whether they're genuine or not, I think it, it gauges interest. I don't know what you guys think about that. I said this other week, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we did it with the, uh, I think you mentioned it with Leamington yeah. about, and, and and it was like, you know, I know you touched on, a, you know, we advertised it as the, the rivalry in the Midlands and they're not far from Coventry, but I mean, people were talking about it. You were talking about it, whether it was good or not. That's, yeah, that, that yeah, that's, isn't just this year, it goes back 20 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Prior to when well, the only seasons we haven't played each other, and there's been a big rivalry is when Bears uh, Bulls were in the NCL, and then when Coventry went professionally in League One. Those are the only seasons that there wasn't that big rivalry there. It's always yeah, been the but, big. Game. Like I said, regardless yeah. of whether it's good press on or, or bad press, press, people were talking about a rugby game. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I agree, and, mm. and I think yeah, bigging up your rivalries is is, is the one thing we have got to do in the Midlands. And yeah. as long as behind the scenes everyone's, you know, cooperating with each other and mm -hmm. as it should be. But I think if you if you put it out there, it's a bit of a grudge match. Yeah, people are going to be interested. Mm. And like you've done with the Cov game, it's a repeat of last year's final. Yeah. people are talking about it. Good thing. So that, that's the first thing I do: big up the rivalries. Uh, and and the second thing I do to make Midlands League a little bit more interesting is run a sort of separate comp, cup competition, whether it's a sevens or a nines or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a day festival. We've actually spoke about this on another episode, um, which I haven't aired yet. But yeah, I, I think that would be that would be quite an interesting thing. That to would do be a good well. idea. I mean, you could run run, run a, uh, a nines over the weekend. Yeah. Yep. yeah we yeah. have plenty of blank weekends that could be done. It's done and dusty quickly. But it rises a lot. It also brings a lot of revenue in as well. I, I used to love the festivals, as, you know, when you're playing. No. I remember when I was a kid and like, I remember travelling up to like places like Durham and, and Newcastle and staying over in a bloody caravan and playing you, against teams like Ellen. Did you go to um, Whitley Bay? Yes, that's it, Whitley <laughs> Bay. That's the yeah. one, yeah, Whitley it, Bay, yeah. Infamous seven aside. That's it. I, yeah. I remember playing Ellen and, and, and walking out and thinking... These aren't the same age as me. That was my boyhood team, that. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, so one I, of them. I think it was like one under ten. I think it was under tens, and one of them was coming out with a beard. Yeah, that's what's that all about? Sounds about right. Yes, yeah, so that was with Yeah, but, but nines uh, would be yeah. a good idea for another reason as well. We're talking about the men's. There's a lot of clubs who've got maybe 10, 11, 12 ladies. Mm -hmm. Can't feel the full team, but could <clears> play nines, which gives 
them a chance to play against other teams and gives it as a a benchmark <coughs> to come up from. I think as well, you, you can invite clubs from outside of the region, can't mm. you? Uh, I remember doing one, playing one years ago. It was at, it was at Bromsgrove, um, and you had like Bedford Tigers come yeah. down, and I played in that one. And Mustags, yeah, yeah. I, was I got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. Uh, we played a we played a um, like a, a New Zealand. Touring team. That was it, yeah? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. That sounds familiar. I wonder if I played in that. You might have done. Some Maori dropped his knees on the back of my head as I scored <coughs> and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> that's when... Um, there, there was two teams in Coventry there as well because you remember Cov Warriors. <coughs> I, rem- uh, I remember Cov Dragons. Yeah, there was Cov Dragons, Cov Warriors and then you had uh, Wolverhampton at a side as well. Mm. That, that, I, think I, I think I was playing for that's Wolverhampton. Sweet. It was when they amalgamated. It was just Wolverhampton, yeah. yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Solved, okay. it, solved, solved all the world's problems, haven't we? Yeah, mm. as we always all do. All the rugby league problems. <laughs> yeah, right, go. lads, listen, it's, Thanks, been, it's been great chatting to you. Like I said, you know, clearly a club with lots of depth and it's really interesting. So uh, I wish you all the best for the for the season. And, um, you know, for me, thank thank you very much for joining us and, and sharing your story and your goals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great to, to speak to you and get your side of the story on some things we spoke about in previous episodes. And like I say, your, your, your ambition of the club's really refreshing, to be honest with you. And um, it's good that you brought this little thing along as well. It'd be, uh, <laughs> I'm interested to see how everybody goes this season. Um, yeah, yeah, be keeping yeah. close eye. Yeah, no, no, thanks for having us and, and, and good luck to everyone. Like I say, it's, it's nice and refreshing to see how strong everybody looks on social media this yeah, year. It's yeah, it's going to be a great season. I think so, I think so. But, Thanks for having us, and one thing I would like to say, thanks for setting all this up, because it is making a benefit, and you are raising a profile, especially in the Midlands, because you're based here. But I think it's great. I don't, normally podcasts, oh, I watch one or two, I watched all yours. Oh, cheers. They're very enthralling, they're engaging, and I think it's what we needed down here. 100 that's part of the raising the awareness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but thanks for that, the biscuits that, 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 as well, though, <laughs> yeah, 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 it does get good biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> M&S. Um, okay, so a little bit of a look forward. We, we're going to go from from this episode. We're going to record an episode international with a, a team up in Canada. Um, I think launched this year, and we're going to find out about them. So that'll be coming out Tor- later on. Toronto Saints, yeah. Toronto Saints. We've got, um, the, we've got the Worcester episode still to come. Uh, we got the you, you, you forgot them all anyway. Oh, we got that many recorded now. Uh, James Simpson, the wheelchair episode, it's coming with Martin Gill from Edinburgh Giants. Uh, we've got the catch up with Scotland Rugby League, that's to come. What else have we missed? Oh, loads of stuff. Anyway, so tune in next time. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> All right, thanks, lads. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's the final whistle for this week's episode of the Rugby League Outsiders. We hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends. And as always, if you have a story to tell, a club to plug, or a player that deserves recognition, we want to hear from you. So until next time on the Rugby League Outsiders, take care.